Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Brokers Open Podcast. I'm Dr. Ben Spears, the ambassador of Flow. I'm here with the big guy as usual. How's it going, Matt? I'm doing fantastic. The ambassador of not sick anymore. How about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, I know. I was like, big guy. Be a little <laughs> achy, achy. That's right. And he's rubbing his back. Get your hand off. <laughs> Still a little gunshot. Still a little gunshot. <laughs> exactly. Well, Matt. Yeah, you know we have an amazing guest today. Absolutely, um, a great friend of, of both of ours, yep. Yep. and I want to make sure that you know we get him on here and get him talking just as just as Absolutely. fast as possible. Uh, so, from Minneapolis, Minnesota, is that right? That's right. Let me make sure we've got yeah. snow. We've got snow coming in on Friday. Oh wow. no! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know you hate it. We talk about it on it all the time. But I love it. <laughs> yeah. So we have Omid Yep. So, uh, so we're going to, so Omid does a, Omid does a bunch of things, right? We know him a, a bunch of different ways. First of all, Omid, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah. So he does, he does a bunch of things, but we want to maximize just like always, we want to maximize what happens with our audience, right? Yep. We want to get the most benefit from them. And, uh, and so Omid does a, uh, he's part of an acquisition team that, that helps, uh, that helps people with properties that, that they want to move, right. And, and, yeah. uh, and get them off of their hands. And, and he helps investors with what they do. And, and, and he's a, a very big resource in his market. And, yeah. uh, and so what we wanted to do is we wanted to talk a little bit about that before we dig into that, we got to hear a little bit about that background of Omid. Okay. So, so you, you were, you were working on becoming a civil engineer, right? Is that a, I was before, before that. So tell us, tell us a little bit about little Omid. Did little Omid always love real estate? Let's start, let's go back that far. I actually knew absolutely nothing about real estate. Um, I was kind of fascinated by bridges and I grew up in different parts of the world. And I always thought it'd be cool to build some cool worldly global insane bridges. And so I went to school for civil engineering, um, uh, I was got a job with the city of Minneapolis, was part of a light rail system. It was a newer project, so it was kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, a little bit into, uh, after about a year of working with them, I realized uh, a lot of people that I worked with were older and they kind of didn't like what they did. And yeah. so I didn't want to end up like that. Um, at the time, I had a second job valet parking, actually, at a restaurant. And one of the waitresses, came in super happy one day and she had just got her first check at her new job. And I'm like, Oh, and she showed it to me and it was two grand. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, where do you work? You know? And she was like, I'm a realtor. And I'm like, what's that? And uh, then I dug around a little bit, found out about it, decided I wanted to get into real estate or I wanted to buy some property. And I realized that I could make, you know, a decent check if I was my own agent because their commissions were pretty big. And so I got my license and uh, it's been real estate ever since. I love it. Real and at the time I was about 19. Yeah. So it's been what, 20 years. You've been in, you've been in the biz a while, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what's about what's, 20 years. And what's, what's the market like in Minneapolis? Um, it's kind of similar to the rest of the country. It's been, yeah. it was moving really fast. Last month was kind of slow. Um, but uh, you know, there's always, there's always a lot going on. I do a lot of work on the residential side and the investment side. Yep. Markets moving pretty fast, similar to the rest of the country, inflated prices, <clears throat> low inventory, that kind of thing. So it's moving pretty fast. Nice. Yeah. So the, uh, one thing I like about the investment side of the business is no matter where you are in the cycle, it's always a good market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great point. 
That's yeah, a, that's exactly right. So, yeah. so let's 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 talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, the and you know and, and and we've we've already talked about you know any particulars that, that 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 you need to keep keep proprietary to yourself. Totally, totally understand that. But um, tell us a little bit just about the process of you know you wake up in the morning, you cut you come into the office. What what is what does your what does your day to day look like? Your emails on fire. Your <laughs> there's <problems> so, things going. <laughs> Um, I try to get a little bit of me time, uh, get to the gym first thing when I wake up in the morning, because I know that by nine or 10, it, it really gets wild. Um, new deals, current deals, long lists of to-dos. Uh, so the average day I get into the office, get some paperwork done. Usually I go on a few appointments every day and look at leads that... so. We have leads come in and we have property or lead managers who kind of do a light assessment mm -hmm. and see if it's worth doing a deeper dive. And then that comes across my desk and I do a deeper dive based on a lot of previous market knowledge about the immediate markets in the Twin Cities. Um, so a lot of that is uh, is based on experience, right? So I used to be a, I used to be a retail agent mm -hmm. um, just working with buyers and sellers the first part of the the 2000s and then the market crashed and the way i was able to uh, put food on the table is by doing bpos which seemed like grunt work at the time because you know uh, mm -hmm. banks would repossess homes and instead of doing an appraisal they would want to do a bpo so i linked with a company that did um they did bpos basically because then they, they, it was unnecessary for them to pay for an appraisal and they paid less for a BPO. Right. So there, at the time, there was a lot of new construction, you know, on the third and fourth tiers ring suburbs. So I would do a, lot, a ton of driving and I would go look at all these houses and take photos and do what's similar to a CMA. Right. And just doing that on thousands and thousands of houses got me really familiar with the markets and the different areas and the trends and the fork, you know, value forecasts and that kind of thing. So I got really familiar with different areas and that comes a lot into play when I'm assessing properties. Yeah, um, so that and working with a lot of investors, knowing what, you know, each individual house, as you guys know, in real estate, every deal is different. Every house is right. different. Everything is a new problem to unravel, right? So I basically use my past expertise to figure out if it's a deal or not and where we need to come in at. Um, wow. Then I go on appointments, take a look at houses, uh, manage everything. It's a little bit different for you guys in Florida, but we have four seasons. So um, we're looking at things like the roof, you know, looking at if, if a property is vacant, we see if it's been winterized or not. Um, check the plumbing because here pipes freeze and burst or expand and contract with the temperature drops. Right. Um, so there are all these different things that we look at and analyze that with the current market. And so that's pretty much what my day is, is analyzing properties and making offers at where it makes sense. So, so, so that's a, so that's a, that's a great point. First of all, that's a lot done wrapped, but let me, let me, <laughs> let, me uh, let me dig into one piece of this. Okay. So, you're on a team, 
right? So you yes. can this by yourself. There's there's a lot of times that people are are working on you know purchasing distressed properties and stuff, and they're kind of going out and doing it themselves. Or once it gets under contract, you know they bring people in ad hoc, you know as they as they need them and everything. But you guys do a pretty decent volume of of purchase and sales, correct? And, uh, and correct. So, do you mind talking about what that number is and how many you, you do a month and then how many people are on your team, if you don't mind me asking? So our team has less than 10 people. Um, so far, I believe we're at about seven. And this includes a funding person. We have a construction arm. Um, we have someone who she is sort of the admin or transaction coordinator. And basically she's the glue that she's amazing. She's the glue that holds our, our company together would be nothing without her. Right. Um, you know, so we have what I, I love my team. I call us the, a SWAT team basically because we scale fast. We, we, you know, we just hyper-focus and get it done. Um, and we have this, we have similar core values, right? So like the highest call calling is basically, helping and giving back. So we, we all have sort of core values that are aligned and that comes into play. It, it makes us operate more seamlessly. Um, our volume, we're scaling pretty fast uh, as we get more efficient with our systems. Um, numbers wise, I think we did under 80 homes last year and this year we're probably over 200. Wow. Um, I know in February we did 28 houses, which is a number I remember because it's uh, it, it's like one, one house a day because I think that there were 28 days. Wow. So we work pretty hard, but I think the key to that is <laughs> we love what we do, right? Like I've never been able to say this before, even in real estate, but specifically now, there are days I wake up in the morning and I just can't wait to get to work. I'm super excited about it. Cause it's always makes me, it always makes me feel alive. It, it always keeps me on my toes. It's never the same. It's never boring or monotonous. And I have a personal definition of success, which is not letting any of my talents go to waste or being able to use all um, my strengths or talents in one place. And these, these are work-related and non-work related. For example, um, I come from a very diverse family and I lived in different parts of the world. I went to eight high schools for my four years of high school on three different continents. And so I never really made long-term friendships during my high school years, but I met a really wide variety of people. And so it helped me and later on in life, be able to um, communicate with different kinds of people. And that comes into play big time in my job, because if I'm meeting with homeowners who I, I meet with all kinds of homeowners and I know how to speak their language. So not literally, but sometimes, but I can, I, you know, I can relate somehow. So there are all these different, you know, things that come into play and it makes me feel successful, which is why I love what I do. I can use pretty much all my talents in one place. So, and none of them feel wasted. Yeah. And um, that's something. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to catch up. Go ahead. Oh, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, with the team, we have a construction arm, uh, which comes in really handy because, a lot of times I need a second opinion on what a rehab might cost, right. which determines what the numbers would be. Um, and, you know, we just complement each other and help each other out tremendously. So, yeah. So <clears throat> you had, you had mentioned something just a second ago um, that I think is a super important for, for every agent, because uh, you know, obviously you've had, you know, 25 to 30, going on 30 years of, in, in uh, 
history in the business. Sorry, I still got COVID brain. Omen, he's he's 20 years in, right? I made like four. <laughs> uh, in real estate. Yeah, exactly. But he said, I just, I, I wake up in the morning and I love doing, mm-hmm. you know, you know what yep. I do. And so, so in real estate specifically, there are a lot of people who don't wake up feeling right. that, that exact same way. Right. And I think sometimes it's because they can get caught up in like, well, I'm the, uh, I just, I, I go and I try and get single family homeless things and, mm-hmm. or, and I try, or, or I try and, you know, get some, 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 uh, some web leads from, you know, Zillow or realtor.com or something like that. Or, you know, I, I, I tried only commercial because I saw this one guy was like driving a Lambo and he did commercial, <laughs> right? Something <laughs> like that. And, and then they chase it and it's like, you know, even if they go down that path and they have a little bit of success, still don't have that feeling right. of, I wake up every morning, like loving, you know, what it is that I, that I do. So Owen, what I would ask you is with 20 years in, in, in the industry, Knowing that day one, you know, you didn't, you didn't go from, um, you know, where you were to, to where you are. What did that path look like starting, you know, getting your real estate license in hand that day to getting to this point where it's like, whoa, like what I'm doing now with my real estate license is like, yeah, it's what I was meant to do. Yeah. Like what, what, yeah. what did that path look like? So, uh, first, my first two properties were a duplex and a single residence that I got for myself. I failed drastically. At, I, I succeeded on the purchase, but I failed at keeping them, right? And so, uh, I have this thing, this way, thing that I think uh, people go to real estate school and they learn how to pass the test. They don't, they don't get taught anything about, um, they don't, they're not taught how to sell homes or how to sell real estate um uh, just one second please or to or how to manage a transaction that's a big thing when you know when we had Mitty on that was a big thing that she talked about is it's not just about getting people past the test it's about them being able to manage the actual transaction being able to meet the needs of the people that that uh that they're dealing with right i mean that's that's a big part of what uh, a big part of what they need to make sure that they can they can accomplish if they want to find that if they want to find that happiness. And and Omid also said just a second ago, you know, he said he he wants to use everything that he's good at, right? Yes. Omid, I'm not trying to put any words in your mouth here, but oh, that's fine. You, you said I want to do the things that I like to do, and I'm trying to do those every day. That might be part of that. That might be part of that key if I had to if I had to guess. So basically, uh, uh, there were there were a few years where I didn't sell much and I was kind of like most new agents trying to find my way. Um, and then I had a couple of really good years, but then the market tanked and, uh, when the market tanked, so I consider myself a very lucky person. Uh, part of it, I believe is my positive outlook. And I think it's important for agents to stay open-minded. For example, um, a lot of agents who, are entrenched in the retail helping buyers and sellers have absolutely no idea how to do any investment real estate right or they're okay. so they're so um, they're so driven in that lane that they don't a lot of people who are doing traditional real estate is what it's called here they don't know that there are all these different 
ways of participating in real estate transactions. Um, so they might never know that uh, it's beneficial, for example, to find an off-market property as an investor, right? They're used to looking for houses on what, uh, what they can find on the MLS. So I think being open-minded is key. And I consider myself very lucky um, to have been open-minded about learning about different facets of real estate. Um, you know, sometimes for trivial reasons like travel, I would take... Um, I would take certification classes so that I get a designation, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of just getting online and getting GRI, for example, I would like go to Florida and take it at the Association of Realtors in Florida because I got a trip out of it and it was fun. Right. But I learned a lot by doing these different things. And uh, the market collapsed. I did a lot of BPOs. And then as the, as the economy began to reemerge, I started getting a lot of investor clients and so I didn't know what to do or how to find good deals for them. And going down, I kind of went down this journey of trying to learn how to find good deals for invest, investor clients. And that's how I learned more about investment real estate and um, did a lot of networking. And luckily, that's the, that's the path that I was led down. Nice. So there's always, there's always stuff like that, right? So tell us, uh, tell us some of the kind of stuff when you're dealing with that much volume, tell us some of the things that sometimes happen or things that you've come across that pop up in a transaction that, that might be unique to, uh, to the, to the situation that you're dealing with. So when we're doing that much volume, uh, we are acquiring homes from many different sources. Some we're typically by default buying homes as is. So we understand that which opens the door to a lot of issues happening. Um, a lot of times we go in, we put a purchase agreement as is, and we, we're closing in two or three weeks. Sometimes we're closing in a week, sometimes we're closing in a month, uh, but there are all kinds of things that could happen. Um, some, we're getting a lot of properties from estates. So we've had a lot of deals that fall apart during probate or you know, there are five siblings who are <laughs> inheriting a property and it doesn't work out very well. Um, an example of one is we were going to close and then we realized that one of, a sibling, one of the siblings in, in a party of three siblings who had inherited a home had like an 80K tax lien. And so um, their portion wasn't enough to cover that. And so that deal fell apart. Right. But we've also had, especially last year during the pandemic, we had um, an eviction moratorium so people couldn't get evicted. And a lot of the multifamily properties that we tried to acquire, um, we had to make a strong company policy to, to only buy vacant. Um, and then a lot of landlords who wanted to sell their portfolios we, couldn't sell them to us because we needed them vacant. And they couldn't get rid of their, or they couldn't evict any non-paying tenants. So those are just a few of a myriad of reasons why deals have fallen apart. Um, hidden judgments, taxes, or back taxes, that kind of thing. So, so yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. So the thing that 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 I most, you know, I'm most because I'm selfish on these podcasts. I want to pick the things that are like in my brain, and I want to like take <laughs> take its brain. Um, if if I'm an agent and I'm listening, I know that a lot of agents, you know, especially um, our listeners. Are, are, are your typical like residential real estate yeah. agents. Yeah. I remember when I first got in the business, it was so like, you know, if you could find an investor, 
Yeah. If you could find an investor, right? Like they could do this, you could do that. And, mm-hmm. and, and I just got to my, you know, I got to thinking and, you know, of course, like there are signs on every corner. If you want to like really just go find an investor, right. um, <clears throat> how, how was it, or, or what would you have as a recommendation for myself? If I was just a residential real estate agent and I said, yes, like I want to, I want to work with investors. I want to be able to do these types of these types of things. What would be your advice to say, I would probably start here, you know, end here, or, you know, Ben, you, you're just too short. You're never going to make it like whatever, 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 you, whatever advice you have. I don't, I don't care. Just, just share, share that with us um, of how someone so go down that path. If I, if I needed to advise myself when I was a retail agent on how to find investors or how to get into investment real estate, I would say it would be really important to educate myself as much as possible on a terminology and keep a really open mind on on learning about the different parts of it, the different aspects of investment real estate because it's completely different from it's completely different from residential. There's a there's a lot from traditional real estate. There's a lot uh, that you can use from the traditional real estate world to make it easier on the investment side. But um, I would say learning a lot about estate sales, you know, probate deals, um, because you don't see much of that in traditional real estate. Yeah, yeah. But the more value you can add to an investor, mm-hmm. the easier it is. I do believe investment side is easier because there's not there's very little emotion in it. Yeah. It's it boils down to if the numbers make sense or not, and math doesn't lie. So. Um, from that standpoint, the deals are easier, but they're also a little bit more complicated. And um, depending on the route, how a deal happens or where it comes from, you know, if it's a probate deal or an estate deal, or if it's a foreclosure, usually you're dealing with bigger entities and you know you need to know how to navigate that. Um, if it's a short sale, you might get a great deal, but it, it depends on how you communicate with asset managers, that kind of thing. So uh, I would say that's one thing. And the second thing I would say is networking um, because you just learn more that way. Uh, I also do think that uh, your core values matter a lot because I see a lot of people who try to get into the investment side and most cities, unless you're in a really massive city like New York, but most the, I think the majority of middle-sized to semi-large and small cities are kind of like a big small town. Uh, I see a lot of people get blacklisted because um, they don't have the best core values and word travels fast. So I think uh, reputation matters. So making sure you're doing the right thing. And uh, uh, I I just think being open to learning and being humble, I I think plays a big part in it. Because what, what, what happens is you learn by solving problems. And every deal that you do, you get a new layer of expertise. Um, everyone knows how to close a deal, but if you, the more problems you can solve, the more you, you have to come from a value-adding standpoint. So that's such good advice. I, I and, absolutely, I absolutely love that. You know, that's that's not where a lot of people that's not where a lot of people start. I think they I think they start at 
hey, there's some money to be made there. And, and, and if I can, you know, kind of figure out how to do that, then, you know, I can make some money on it instead of going, hey, I want to make sure I'm aligned with somebody the way that, that from a value standpoint that I should be aligned with them and they should be aligned with me. That's, that's, that's such fantastic, fantastic <clears throat> advice. I think the general life advice of loving what you do also applies here because you could literally go crazy if you don't love what you're doing, you know, because there are days that it's just, you're 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 going down a rabbit hole of solving problems you know yeah. so and then it and then you boil down to having to manage your time and knowing which problems are worth solving and that kind of thing so yeah so and and you mentioned vocabulary that's that's really important right how quickly <clears throat> is an investor going to say look this is not who i want to deal with if they don't know the basics of some, uh, uh, you know, some parts of the conversation, right? If the investor says right. the word mitigation and you have to ask them what mitigation is, right? It's gonna, it's gonna be an issue, right? It might <laughs> kill the deal, right? Or and, you know, yeah. Or, or title, right? Different, different exactly. titles, right? Yeah. Uh, so one thing that I think of is uh, in traditional real estate, you never hear the word syndicate. To syndicate a deal, but it's common in investment real estate or value add. You don't use that in traditional real estate. So I think the terminology is like very important. So where can somebody go to get that terminology? Where can they go to dig into that to figure out? Is there a, should they go, well, you mentioned networking, right? Should they go to, uh, should they find some investor meetings and, and go hang out there and try to learn that? Is there, is there books they can read? Is there, tell me a little bit about how somebody could possibly get better at, at a little bit of that if they're trying to kind of level up their game and understand how to fit in a little bit better with those people. So I believe strongly in being direct and being transparent. And um, a lot of people who have succeeded at what they do understand that helping people is rewarding. So if I were starting out, I would literally go ask people for help and say, hey, um, this is who I am and this is what I want to learn. Can you help me? Yes or no. If it's no, then I move on to other people. But a lot of people are... are um, a lot of people are open to helping. I, I get new people in the industry all the time who ask me if I can guide them through something and I'm happy to help. And a lot of people who uh, have a lot more experience than I do are happy to help me as well. Um, you know, and just knowing that you can learn from everyone. Uh, this is not really new, but there's a member on my team who constantly reminds us that um, some of the best deals are the ones that you walk away from, right? Yeah. And it sounds simple, but it's it's like wisdom that you need to keep remembering to to keep progressing. So there are a lot of people who help. Um, there are a lot of social media investment groups where you can network with like-minded people or people who have the same interests or who are going for after the same niche. And a lot of it in this industry definitely it rings true that your net worth is your net your network is your net worth. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So so that so. Uh, and so you and I have talked about this uh, uh, several times before, and I think that this is worth bringing up for the for the audience. And and we'll talk a little bit about this. We're going to talk about your relationship with other agents and how you can help them and be a resource for them. Okay, let's we'll dig into that in just a, in just a second. But we'll we'll finish up kind of here because uh, because we want to make sure we're we're respectful of uh, of your time and everything. So we'll talk a little bit about you know how to network with current agents and everything, and then Ben can kind of summarize and, and wrap everything up, and and then we'll and we'll figure out how people can get in contact with you if they have any if they have any questions so you know you you deal with a lot of agents and uh and and there's a you're in a pretty big you're in a pretty big company 
and, and you have a role where you're connected with a lot of agents either as they're coming in the office or as they're learning and they're getting their business up and running and everything. And one of the super smart things that you do from early on in our conversations is you're really connected with them and you make sure that they understand that you're a resource if they have properties that need to need that are unique and have uh, and, and that need to sell quickly, or if they have a buyer that's looking for something very specific, right? So you kind of put yourself out there in a way that allows them to see you as a resource, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about that and, and, and why that makes a difference and, and how that kind of helps everybody? Absolutely. Um, so as mentioned, I believe strongly in networking. And I think some of the best networking that I can do is with real estate agents because they're directly dealing with buyers and sellers. Um, so if, if it's regarded from a standpoint of adding value, um, a lot of agents who have what, what I tell a lot of agents is I want us to be your best cash buyer, right? Because typically they're working with a seller and they can present options to their sellers, uh, not just because of this, but especially with the pandemic, a lot of sellers are, reluctant to sell their homes traditionally they don't want strangers walking through their houses they might want to close sooner they might want to get a direct number which is what they net rather than having to figure out their settlement statement and their closing and title fees and things like that and so i educate agents on what how our company operates and uh, when they go meet with the seller they can say hey um we can go this route you know, down route A, where I list your property for X percent of dollars. And uh, we do a week worth of showings or two weeks worth of showings. And we bring a buyer who's going to have a financing contingency and an inspection contingency and may come and rip apart the house and ask for money off. Or we can call this company and get a cash offer, which is going to be what you net and they cover all your costs. And um, you net close to what you were going to net anyway, but you get to close sooner. And uh, since there's no financing, you um, know that you have that money at a flexible closing date. And so you can move forward to looking for your next house. So that's where the value comes in with working with agents who have sellers. Um, and then we happen to be in a market that is uh, not very favorable to buyers because they're usually paying in some markets, anywhere from 20 to 80K over asking uh, on a sub 500K house. And um, so we, we actually remodel and sell a lot of our homes off market to uh, agents who bring us buyers. So if a buyer is looking for, if an agent has buyers looking in city A, there is, uh, you know, there's a chance that we've done a fresh rehab and they mm -hmm. can come in and they don't have to get into multiple offers and they don't have to uh, pay an overinflated price and they're not paying 50k over asking because we're just requesting the number that makes sense for us so that we can move forward to the next project so on both ends of the spectrum um, and and that's just for retail agents right who are working with buyers and sellers some agents have investors uh, where if we have our plate full and our um, construction team can't get to a few properties uh, that we've acquired if we have a property for example one say one two three main street that we need to rehab and our crew can't get to it for another three weeks maybe there's an agent with an investor buyer who can just take it from us and they have time they're looking for a rehab and they can get to it sooner and that way 
it's an ecosystem that greatly um, everyone's business gets leveraged. So yeah, that's awesome. those are some of the ways that we uh, bring value and, and to agents, they're creating solutions for their, for their clients. So bringing options to the table. So it works out pretty well. Um, yeah, also, you know, not every agent does it for the money, but a lot of times in non-finance deals, people are getting paid sooner. So homeowners are netting their proceeds sooner and agents get paid faster than if they went on the traditional market. So uh, it's just one of the ways that our industry is evolving. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's a good way to be adaptable. So, yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I'm going to summarize, I'm going to summarize here just for a little bit. Okay. And then I'm going to ask you, Omid, you know, how do we get in touch with you? And is there anybody that, you know, is awesome in your life that, that you want to, you know, thank for, for all of your success. Um, <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> of course i'm thankful uh, for you guys <laughs> <laughs> but um you know a, a few of the things that that i've picked up from this and Matt, you know you can add you know anything that you think i missed is number one gosh it's so important to love what you do yeah. right Num number two if you want to get um you know involved kind of in that investor arena it's really important to uh you know know your core values mm -hmm. And also to, to really get to know that, that, that terminology um, inside the investing world, because uh, it made, a, made a great, such a great point of, you know, a lot of times um, agents just think having a real estate license is enough value to add to an investor to say, I can, I can help you. I have a real estate license. Um, whereas, no, like you need to really like hone your skills so that you can go in there and say, look, I know that there's, you know, any agent on the table that you would want to work with, but you want to work with me because gosh, yes. like I know what this is and I know what this, I speak, I speak the language and I know exactly what you're looking for. Um, <clears throat> I heard something, you know, along the lines of, you know, if you're, if you're five, eight or shorter, probably not going to be successful in this. So that knocks me out. I don't know. I may just put that in my own head. Um, that takes but, me out too. <laughs> so I guess that's not the case, guys. Uh, I, love, I love hearing that. But but Matt, um, anything else that you want to add there in that summary before I kind of close this out? Yeah, he's, he said, go to the expert and talk to them about it. Like, don't be afraid. And if you talk to one and they're not willing to help, man, move on to another right? Mm -hmm. He also talked about value add, right? Make sure that you're bringing a lot of value to the table. And then he also said that whenever he's working with other people inside of a network, it's not just fit inside the box. Yep. It isn't like, Hey, do you have a house? I want to buy a house. Okay. We can't work together. He said, you know, maybe it's this way. And if that doesn't work, then maybe we do this instead, or maybe you've got somebody else, an investor, and we can sell them several properties or something. So it seems like the, the common theme here is, you're always problem solving. And I know you said that a couple of times, but you're always problem solving, right? You're always trying to figure it out. So I think that's a, I think that if you're automatically that kind of person, then investment real estate, you might want to, you might want to root around there a little bit because it might be a good fit for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Omid, before I, before I ask you, you know, what's the best way if someone had some questions that they wanted to specifically ask you um, and any of that information, any information that you give me, I'm going to put in the description below, of course, just for our listeners. Okay. Um, is there well, you know, that... go ahead. Uh, I'm pretty laid back. I just, I, I like being on a cell phone basis with people. So I'll give my number. If anyone wants to call their text, I open. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, I'll, I'll put that, I'll put that in the description below. And, uh, 
and guys, just make sure if you reach out to him and or call him and text him that you know you're bringing that heat with good questions. That's right. So, <clears throat> Omen, before before we close out, is there anybody that you would like to thank besides besides Matt and me? Right. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so well let's get out get that out of the way thank you guys for having me on the podcast i really appreciate it it's fun yeah of course yeah. of course and you uh and and so you're you're pretty well connected with the people on your team and and your family we both look you know we both love our kids playing soccer right i mean there's there's yeah. always that to to look forward to he's looking forward to the world cup that's that's coming up uh, as well yeah i mean so all of that is just uh all that's just stuff that that that, that we're, i know we're both super grateful for all right. That's right, guys. Well, um, as as always, thank you, Omid, for, for coming on. Um, guys, we we love doing these, we love doing these podcasts. I absolutely love and crave stealing all the little bits of information from everybody's head and then, and then sharing them with, with everyone else in the world. Um, but we always need to remember that you know, when it comes to brokers open podcasts, it's not just about open houses, it's about open minds. See you guys. See you guys.